Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to the Open Mic Podcast with your host, Brett Allen. Join us each week as Brett interviews extraordinary and amazing people. At the Open Mic, no topic is off limits, and you never know who will drop by. Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Open Mic Podcast. Brett Allen coming at you live from the Bay Area studios. It is good to be here with you today. We have a fantastic guest on the show today. He is on the line, Greg Daniel. He is an actor of stage and screen. He is also a playwright. He's been in a million different things, but he is most known for his role as Reverend Daniels on the hit TV series True Blood. And he can currently be seen on a brand new television series called For Life. His new television show, which he has an amazing arc and an amazing storyline, can be currently seen on ABC. Greg Daniel, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. It's good to be here today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, I'm very excited. I mean, I'm excited any more of these days just to talk to anybody. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we have a fantastic guest in you today for sure. <laughs> How are you doing with all of this? What's going on with you and your world? How are you managing all of this? And uh, that sort you know, of thing. Better, better. It, it was tough in the beginning. It was tough in the beginning. I actually had a daughter who was studying in London at the time that it began to break. So my wife and I, our first responsibility, of course, our obligation was to get her back, which we did just in time because things got a lot more severe. So once that happened, I mean, I was walking on sunshine. And I got my daughter back, uh, who was studying abroad in the U.K. for a while. Uh, so, you know, everything pales in comparison to have your loved one with you, even during this crisis that we're going through. The fact that she was overseas in a spot that became a hot spot as the UK has become. I'm sure you heard Boris Johnson is now in the ICU with coronavirus. So once we got her back uh, uh, safely, my, yeah, everything took an upturn for me because <laughs> I had her here and she was safe. So we've just been enjoying each other. We're really enjoying each other at home now since I've seen seen my wife and my daughter more than I think I, I ever see them because I'm always <laughs> out running around shooting, flying somewhere. So this has been kind of interesting. It's been kind of interesting to, uh, you know, adjust the family dynamics and also a nice discovery just to spend more time with the people you love. You know, we have people we love, but we see them in passing if you have a busy life, which we all do. My wife's an actress. My daughter, as I said, she's a junior at, uh, at a university here in Southern California. So having this time to eat dinner every night, to have breakfast, to do these things together, it's really a treat. It's really a blessing in disguise, Brett. Everybody seems to say that, and I find that to be true. I've obviously spent more time with my son, of course, but uh-huh. I imagine this, he's five, he's five and a half. And so, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. we're doing homeschool. So that's been interesting <laughs> to say the least. Yes, 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 yes. I've been teaching acting online. In fact, I, okay. I, I work as an adjunct some, uh, professor at USC School of Dramatic Arts. And, uh, well, you know, they had to throw all of us, we had to leave campus. There was no more on-campus classes, so we had to switch. So I teach advanced acting. So getting used to teaching an acting class, in this, when everyone's in different places, one of the kids is in Miami, one of the kids is in Pennsylvania, I'm here in Los Angeles, that was quite a challenge. But i got to tell you, we're, we're making it work. We are making it work somehow. So, yeah, you know, I, revelation. I, that's very cool. So let's start with that. We have so many things to talk about. 
But I want to start with that because sure. that's just how my brain works, and you mentioned it, so I don't want to bury that sure. headline. So you teach acting, which I think is very cool. I took a few classes yeah. while I was in college. I started out as a theater major and then changed it to something different. But I want to ask you that I feel like that there has been a big push in the last five or six years uh, for acting classes. It seems to become more prevalent than ever for those who are wanting to start out and to become an actor. And it seems a lot of people like yourself started out in theater and then made the jump Mm. to television. How important is it Mm -hmm. for young actors who might be listening to take those classes and really get that firm grounding and foundation? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Learn your craft. I mean, sometimes we forget because of the celebrity nature of it that acting is a craft. Uh, Again, a musician wouldn't get on and pick up a violin without reading music, knowing how to use a bow. A trumpet player wouldn't uh, get on the stage and perform without knowing the notes and how to finger the notes. So an actor working in front of the camera on stage, uh, how could you get up there or at least hope to have a long career if you don't know your craft? There is a technique and there is a craft to acting, which I've always believed in. I happened to, uh, I, I attended a conservatory program when I was young. I was at NYU's uh, School of uh, uh, Tisch School of the Arts. And again, for a craft, it teaches you how to do anything. I mean, there's nothing I, I can't do in terms of, not to be an ego here, but in terms of whether it's stage, in front of the camera, uh, television, whatever, comedy, dramas, because of my background, starting out in theater, really learning my craft, getting my chops and my process together. So whatever I go out on, whatever I'm booked on, I know how to begin. It gives me a beginning because I know the language and the craft of acting. So I, I tell young actors that I teach now, if you want to have a long career, now, now some of you will, you know, you might get a pilot or feature as soon as you get out of school. You might be the one in a quarter percent who that might happen for, but probably you'll be more like the rest of us who are looking to develop a long career and will not make it in the first year or so. It might take five or ten years, and then when work starts to come in, you want to sustain that work. Mm-hmm. Well, the more variety and versatility you have in your craft, the more you can work as an actor. So I'm a firm advocate of learn your craft, learn how to act, guys. Learn how to act. That will get you jobs. That will get you and keep getting you jobs if you know what the hell you're doing. So, yeah, <laughs> I, you were speaking as someone who is a real believer. You can tell by my passion. It's a real, it's just basic one-on-one. You have to learn what you're doing when you approach a script, a screenplay. I don't care what it is. If you're doing an industrial for IBM or Apple, you need to know, you need to know how to start. You need to find your way into it. Of course, you'll be working with directors and other people, but you need to bring the goods. I don't know how else you can really bring the goods consistently unless you have some other craft or technique under you. Then the talent's there. I'm saying, oh, no, no, the given is that you're talented. That's the given. A lot of people can be talented, but not everybody can bring the goods every time. And craft and technique helps you to bring the goods. So I'll get off my soapbox now and my pulpit. But, yeah, I think for young actors... Guys, there's a lot of good acting classes, I have to say. Even if it's not university, even if it doesn't result in a BFA or MFA, just private acting classes in studios. There are a lot of them in Los Angeles. Find one that fits for you and start taking those classes. Start working out on stage. Start. You'll find that when you make that leap or that jump, hopefully you will, 
you, you'll know how to handle yourself. You'll know how to handle yourself. I appreciate your honesty, and by means is it not a soapbox, because I feel like that when a lot of folks, not necessarily myself, because I've seen how it works, but watching you on mm-hmm. TV on some of the amazing shows that you've done and some of the things that you have coming out <laughs> very you. soon, yes. True Blood, of course, is what I remember you from. Yes. But uh, you've got other projects that we're going to discuss here in just a moment. But I like your point in having a long career because there is such, I feel, I agree with you, there's such a small percentage of people who maybe get a pilot or a film, a major role. Let's say they come to a town like New Mexico and they find somebody, you know, like Stephen Michael Cazeta, mm-hmm. who, who was on Breaking Bad for so long. Mm-hmm. But he was doing a million other things before that TV show and that's kind of what made him famous, I guess you could say. But I imagine, you know, yeah. he put in all the work and he did theater as well. So thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. There's no no holds that's bars right. here, my friends. Uh, so you yeah, you can say I, what you need to I say. <laughs> well, that's it. I'm telling you, if you want to you want to get jobs, learn how to act because you're going to be competing with a lot of other people who are good too. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be the difference? Well, maybe you can bring a little more used to it than they can i'm telling you if you're going to compete learn how to compete so that's 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 my word on learning your craft guys yeah yeah and i think that's with anything too you know just there's a lot of talented people but what's going to separate you is is the hard work that you put in to get where you are and speaking of you've been at this for over several decades you started out in theater and you were classically yeah. trained, and you've done, I mean, the list just goes on and on as far as awards you have participated in, plays you've directed. So growing up, what was it that drew you to acting? What was that moment that made you go, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life? You know, and somehow it was in the DNA. My father was an immigrant. He was from the Caribbean. Uh, his island happened to be a British colony. Of course, it's no longer a British colony. But as a result of that, he had a Shakespeare volume in the house. Uh, a Shakespeare volume, because, again, he was brought up on sort of the British system of uh, literature and, and, and values. So I, being the precocious young kid that I was, I find I found it, and I would read through it. Didn't know exactly what it was saying. I'm not professing that I was a prodigy. Didn't know what it was saying, but something about the language there was something about those speeches and the language. I thought, this is, it gave me some kind of stimulus or thrill. And then when I finally did see a classical production on stage, I'll forget it. I was, it was like catharsis. It's like, oh my God, I have to do that. There's nothing more noble in the world than what those, I think it was a Moliere play or some classical piece. And it just gobsmacked me like, oh my goodness, the costumes, the language, the musicality of what they're saying and what they're doing, it's, it, it, it hit me in the heart. So having a love of language was probably my entree into the business, into acting, loving language, loving the poetry, the flow, the musicality of language. That hooked me. And then when I visually saw what a play, what it was all about, uh, actors relating to each other and lights and sets and costumes, I was just, I was just taken by. I couldn't think of anything better to do with my life. And there were no performers in my family. It's not like I come from a background of people who were in the arts, not at all. My brother did become a musician, he did. But uh, I wasn't, uh, my, again, my formative years wasn't from, uh, with a family in the arts. But again, being exposed to my father's Shakespeare volume, 
uh, just gave me a start. And I've always continued to love language since then. I love to do classical work. And uh, again, what this is one of those, if you can do classics, you can do, you don't have to do the classics, but I'm always a little surprised when I run into actors who never had a desire or don't do the classics. Because if you can take care of that language and service that language, man, they can give any screenplay you want in the world, any script, anything, and you could do a hell of a job with it. That's wow. how I started. Wow, that's very profound. So what? it's very true, though. <laughs> At what point did you decide that you wanted to start doing film and television, or was it just a natural transition for you, Greg? It was kind of natural. It was kind of, well, natural or not, because I was doing, after I graduated, I started doing regional theater all over the country. I was in, you name it, Texas, Connecticut, established regional theaters all over the country. I was getting cast in shows from coast to coast. And the agents I had at the time, at the time there were a lot of, there was almost an exodus of directors, writers, actors to Los Angeles. Los Angeles had begun, they had found people in theater that they, hey, these people kind of know what they're doing and they're flexible. You can tell them to do this and that. They write well, they direct well. So my agency that had a West Coast office said to me, you know, you really should go out there and meet the West Coast office. You should go meet them and chat with them because we see you doing film and television too. I have to admit, by that time, I was getting a little tired of regional theaters. I was doing a few months here, a few months there. I had a girlfriend in New York. So I was getting a little tired of doing uh, regional. I said, you know, this whole Los Angeles thing, this whole West Coast thing, and I was a tra- I'm a New York boy, born and, born and raised, mm-hmm. Brooklyn. So there was something about being in sunshine and, and beaches. So I flew out, I met the West Coast office, got along with them, really liked them, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to come out here. There's one thing I learned. Theater is a lot of work. I mean, you're doing, what, eight shows a week. You're rehearsing five to six hours a day. You only get Monday off. <laughs> Monday is the only day <laughs> that you get off in theater. So you, you could be doing up to eight shows a week. So physically, it's really demanding. So when I got out here and started doing television, I was like, let me just try what this is all about. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the camera and being able to communicate a performance in an entirely different way. So that was the beginning, coming on and meeting this West Coast agency from, my, from the New York office and then feeling comfortable. There was something very comfortable about being out here and, 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 and booking television and film work. It was something, and also I, I was, there was a lot of other actors that I knew from New York that had come out as well, and they were getting work, and directors I knew were getting work, and writers I knew were getting work. So there was something familiar about it. So it was a good transition for me. It wasn't like cultural shock because I knew people out here who were working. It felt natural to be doing film and television as well. And uh, thank God I've, I've been lucky enough and blessed enough to have a career for the last few decades. Yes, you've done some amazing things, which I want to talk about. So you are currently involved, well, when I say currently, right now, we're just all kind of frozen in time. But, uh, right, everything is stopped, but I get what you mean. I get what you mean. <laughs> well, things that you've already <laughs> filmed, I, I'm certain, your TV show for life, and then I Am Not Okay With This, yes. and you are just doing yes. so many things. Let's talk about For Life. I just started watching this a couple nights ago. Absolutely fantastic show. One of the yeah. best I've seen on television, in my opinion. I just... I'm really into, because I interview so many different people, but I feel like when you can get connected with a character like yours that has a, a good arc or 
an actor or an actress, whatever the case might be, and you can just immediately feel that emotional connection. To me, that is huge. And I, I like the general public. I'll watch a show, and if it doesn't hook me within the first or second episode, it's hard to to get on yeah. board with it. I don't know about you, if you watch a lot sure. of television or oh, if you're busy making it. <laughs> so how did this no, project... How did this project come about for you? Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because the first 15 minutes of a project, as soon as I got the script, I knew there was something special about this. And I get a lot of scripts. I mean, I go on a lot of auditions and projects and whatnot. But, again, it starts with the words. Again, we go back to the words. I saw the script. They gave me the script. I read it. Uh, and I went, wow. There was something just so... <laughs> so touching about it. It was something so very real about it. I thought, this is, this is good. This is like the scene. I think I auditioned with the scene. I was put on tape and even the scene they gave me, I thought, Oh, this is, this is, I mean, my character in that you'll be seeing, I think next week they air my episode and I did several, but it, next week it's called, his name is easily Barton. He's been wrongfully convicted and been served at least 23 years in, in prison. And Nicholas Pinnock, who was our lead, uh, Aaron Wallace, uh, he plays the character of Alan, Aaron Wallace, he decides to take my case on, to try and reopen my case. So just something about the dynamics in the scene that I was reading, uh, and I thought, this is, this, is, this is quality. There's something quality about this. And maybe it's what you're saying, something touched. I became so invested in this Easley Barton character. I even like his name, Easley Barton. <laughs> wow, what a cool name. So... I auditioned for it. I didn't hear anything, which happens. You know, you just, as an actor, you just move on. And a few weeks later, my manager called to say, they want you, they, they, they want you, they want you to do this. And that was an easy one to me. That was an easy one. That was like, okay, I don't often run into scripts. And I'm not knocking other scripts, screenplays, but there was something about this that stood heads above the rest. Mm -hmm. And the experience was the same way. Working with Nicholas uh, I can't say enough good things about him. Hank Steinberg, who created the series. Tim Busfield, a veteran actor, who is uh, one of the uh, series regs on uh, For Life. Working with those pros, they may, it sounds cliche, but they made it easy. You could raise their eyes and know they were there. They were present. You, you could try things with them. You could go places. I was like, this is, this is, this is heaven. And for an actor, it's heaven. The last time I had a feeling quite like that was True Blood. Where, oh, uh, yeah. You know. I had a feeling that wow, this is this is special with the talent, directing, the writing, all came together. So full life turned out for me to be just a, a real treat. I would have done it for nothing. We don't tell them that, but <laughs> I, but truly, when you're actors say I would have done it for nothing, because again, I didn't get into it for the money. I know it sounds ridiculous and jaded, but actors really start out doing it for the money. You want to do it for the art or something that the mm -hmm. character and the and the play and the this, but this was this was one of those scripts that came along, and I went. It's like Alan Ball's creation of um, uh, True Blood. You know, again, it was a playwright, playwright turned uh, television uh, writer uh, and feature writer. He just read it and go, okay, and it turned out in every regard, in every respect, to be a, uh, a treat. It was cold. We shot in New York on the East Coast, and uh, I'm a New Yorker, but I. Hadn't been living there in a while, so 23 degree weather does wake me up. <laughs> Shall we say it does get me going? But uh, so it was cold where we shot, but I could not have asked for more. By the time I left that set, every day I knew, okay, we got something in the can. 
they've got something to go back in the editing room and, and finding some performances in there. Because he felt it. He felt it with the other, uh, you've seen part, he felt it. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's been a lot. I think this is episode number nine. So we don't have a lot left. I think we only did an order of 12 or 13. But this is episode number nine, named Buried. And that's, yeah, my character's featured pretty much in this episode. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Now, when you go out for a part like this, do you know that you're going to have an arc or is it just let's do this one episode and then move on to the others depending on how they decide or is it already pretty much it determined? Sometimes you could... No, I'm sorry. Uh, sometimes the cast director says recurring. Recurring role. But, you know, that uh, I hate to say it's gotten to the point where it doesn't mean a lot. Sometimes that means they really just want you for one episode but they're going to say recurring because you'll be more interested. Most actors want to do... They want to develop an arc, as you say, a character arc. So when you do a, a, one-on, a one-off, okay, you come in, you do your work. It could be, could be great. However, recurrings are so much more attractive because you have a chance to build up a character. So it was signaled to me that it would be a recurring role. And I went, okay, that's good. That, that's good. And then, of course, when I read the, 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 the particular episode I read, I went, okay, this is it. This is something I have to do this. So, yeah, it is more attractive when I get recurring work because I've done a lot of one-offs. And, uh, but, and, and they're fine, but in my career at this point, I want to develop a character. I want to be able to um, see it go from A, B, C, beginning, middle, end. I want to see an arc develop. So I'm always much more attractive when it's a recurring role because you, you really have time to stretch your muscles. You really have time to stretch and discover. And sometimes what happens is the writers, once they cast you, they begin to write for you. That happened to me on True Blood. Once I was cast, uh, suddenly they were using what I brought to it to actually create scenes and create things that was just, that was specific to my character. So to answer the question, yeah, recurrings are far more attractive. I mean, usually you get signals that it's a re- recurring, but you can't always believe it <laughs> until. <laughs> You know, you can't, you can't, you just, you can't always believe it. But in this case, gratefully so, it, it, it recurred. I, I pop up about three, three times uh, on for life. Exciting, very exciting. And of course, you know, we don't want to bury Thank the headline. Too. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to bury the headline on theater play that you're directing or have directed. Now, with all of this happening with our country right now and everything kind of being on hold, how has it affected yeah. your play, and, and what are you doing right now with that? Is everything just kind of up in the air right now, or, or how does all well, of that work? Well, well, there are two projects that I have, I'm supposed to direct, that's been pushed back. Right now, they haven't been canceled. A lot of plays at theater companies have been suspended or canceled. The, the two plays I'm prepping for have not been canceled. They've just been suspended. They've moved them back. Hopefully, we'll all be in a position where we can get back to some kind of attending movies and plays and, 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 and clubs and things in a few months. So right now, they're just pushed back a bit, and I'm hoping, and I, and I get strong signals from the theater that as soon as they're allowed to, as soon as we can, as soon as humanly possible, we will get back to the business of making theater and making art. So, and one of them is an August Wilson play. August Wilson was a two-time Pulitzer winner. He wrote Fences. He wrote Fences at Denzel uh, Washington directed and starred in a few a few years ago. 
so he's a playwright, an African-American playwright, won the Pulitzer Prize twice, and I'll be directing one of his plays later on in the year. So it, it's weird, because it's I see a lot of theater, too. I go to a lot of theater. So it's weird not going and seeing it, but the projects I have lined up have not been canceled, thank God. They've just been pushed back. We just all have to wait and see. We don't know what, none of us know what's going to happen. Uh, we don't know when we'll be able to resume the uh, kind of the life we knew before. Uh, things have changed, but I'm so pleased to say they're not canceled. They're just it's been they're just waiting to be able to uh, uh, resume again. So I'm I'm really looking for and that came about directing came about actually because as you get as you get a little older, you find out you can do more things at least if you're lucky. And I found that I love directing, and I studied it for a while and. Uh, I started getting stage plays. I started getting stage plays uh, to, to direct. So, uh, you know, I find more and more actors are doing producing and writing. And direct. I'm sure you said this with your guests, Brett. You get, you're getting them producing, they're writing, they're creating their own vehicles, they're, they're directing. It's great now that we have the ability to do that. Mm -hmm. Before it was so expensive to shoot a film or a short, you know, it was so expensive. But now with this technology we have, a lot of actors, rather than sitting around waiting for the phone to ring, which I never was one to want to do that, they're, they're buying their own production company. They're writing their own series. They're, they're creating their own work. So I, I also say to young actors, you could be multi-talented. It's okay to be dedicated to acting and love it, but if, if you have a, a talent for anything else, writing, directing, uh, producing, then by all means, you can pursue that at the same time. It doesn't have to be just one thing. So directing, oh, I think my directing helps my acting, actually. Mm -hmm. I really do. It's important to be diversified, because, for sure. Absolutely, exactly. So this, this, this waiting around for a call or you're not doing anything, it doesn't compute to me. <laughs> if you have it in you, if you have some talent for other, or love of other things, go ahead. And now I know actors who, oh my God, my God they do, you know, I'm invited to come to my friend's set because he's shooting this or he's writing this. Can I participate in this or that? So I say, young actors, by all means, you know, if if you have if you have the uh, inclination, pursue other things while you are still looking for work and becoming an actor. You can do other things as well. Well, you have to do something with that creativeness, right? You can't just let it uh, boil up inside of you. And so many actors that I've interviewed, and all these different folks. They have something else that they do, whether it's teaching classes. Some of these comics teach yes. comedy classes. You know, just something to keep those creative right. juices flowing, especially now when we're in such an odd time where everything is just literally frozen and uh, we can't right. do much of anything. But obviously for you, you know, you have two amazing projects that are out and you're working on other things as well. And uh, so, so my last question is: I mean, are you binging anything on television? Are you, are you watching Netflix? <laughs> Have you watched Tiger King, or, or what are you doing with your entertainment? HBO, HBO. I watched this amazing thing on who was? Oh my God, it was on this. Uh, what's the HBO special now on the Sports Agent? I can't think. The Scheme. The Scheme. Okay. Wow! This young guy who became a sports agent, and, and the FBI at one point took him down for something, but. I, I think HBO, i got to give a plug here, has some of the most amazing documentaries. I've always been into docs. Mm -hmm. I have always been into docs. And no one does it better than HBO. They have some amazing docs. So I've been, been watching those. And it, it, it's nice as an actor also not just to be about acting, 
but to find out about other areas of life. So these documentaries take me from all, all over the place. They, they take the stories of people that I would have never known if I just kept pursuing uh, the acting, the, the episodic, the comedies, the sitcoms. So I go to docs and have an amazing education when I watch the varied and the, the number of, uh, it could be from sports world, it could be from the uh, world of law. So I like docs a lot. So I've been, been watching documentaries, quite frankly. I have been. That's probably the best thing to be filling your time with, I would say, than uh, some other things that are on. It educates me. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Do you watch yourself when you are flipping through the channels and you see something that you've been on? I have a hard time. (laughs) I got to admit, I I do. I'll be honest. I'm not trying to be I have a very hard time. I cannot, because all I see is what I did wrong. I have to have someone else like my wife would watch it, and I'll come in uh, meekly and timidly saying, how was I? Was it okay? And then I'll watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think, oh, mom, we're just going to crash and burn. I, I, I'm, I was terrible. Because all I see are the things. But then again, if I have my daughter or my wife, they'll watch it for me and then they'll give me the okay. And it's always turned out okay. It's just it's just this little part of me that goes, I don't know if I did a good job. I mean, like every actor, you want approval. You're looking for approval. Of so. Course, yeah. Yeah, I still have a hard time watching myself, Brett. I need someone sort of give me the. Hey, it's okay. You'll you'll be okay on this one. I don't think you'll. I don't think they'll throw you out of the, the sag you get for this one. You'll be okay. That's funny. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you've just done so many great things, and I'm excited to continue watching your show on TV right now. And uh, you know, hopefully, all this will blow over soon, and and we can get back to. Yeah living what a normal life looks like. I don't even know what that would be. Yes. But, uh, you know, and also Absolutely. just... And let me thank you. Let me thank you also because, you know, with the, our stories get out there. Mm-hmm. People see us, but they learn who we are, what we are, what we do, why we love to do what we do, who knows who we might inspire. I mean, the fact that you do hold these forums and these interviews that we can just tell a little bit honestly about ourselves and feel relaxed while doing it, it it's... I do appreciate it because I don't have to talk about. I just, as you said, we're just going to talk. We're just going to talk about what yeah, I've done. Yeah, yeah, so I appreciate it's that. Nice to have that and and I feel Thank like you. that's what makes me different, and that's why I feel like outside of hard work, you know, doing a lot of kinds of interviews, and then getting to certain types of interviews that I, you know, are just a thrill for me. And earning the trust of folks like Claudia, your publicist, and other publicists that uh, I work with. And, and just, I always think of it as like allowing somebody to, to be a fly on the wall, to listen on in on a conversation okay. that uh, they might not normally get, you know. And I feel like the theater world is one that is often underappreciated in some regards. And also, especially now, you know, a lot of people are out of work. You know, some it's it's not like yeah. you can just uh, one way is dark. Yeah, is dark. and that's the first it's time it's been that on. way in a really long time. That's right. um, even after nine eleven, right. you know, right. it was back after a few days. That's but, right. Uh, you are so right. So crazy. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Well, mm-hmm. one last question that I always like to ask all of my guests, especially actors or folks who are involved in in the creative arts. If there was one piece of advice that you could give that maybe someone gave to you or wish that someone gave to you that perhaps could get them or push them to that next step of, of pursuing this dream 
that has potentially maybe just held them back? Right. I would say find like-minded people who believe in you, maybe people who want to do what you do, and maybe people who believe in your dream, but surround yourself with a cadre of people who support you. Because no matter how you do it, you need friends. You need people even when things are going great and when things are not going so great. I say find those people who believe in you, who believe in your dream, who want to help you manifest your dream, and also going to support you. Uh, that's the most important thing. I still rely on friends, whether I'm working like crazy or not working at all. I know I'm around a group of people who uh, you know, like what I do, believe in what I do, and support me in what I do. And you can do the same thing. Give a little bit, too. Don't just take, but give a little bit back. Find other like-minded people who are trying to ascend that ladder, whatever profession they're trying to do. It doesn't have to be acting. And give back to them. Be their support. Be their support system as well. In the universe, it may sound corny, but what goes around comes around. It's very true. I honestly believe comes that. back to you. I really do. Like, I, I believe, you know, you, you, what you feed grows, what you reap, you will sow. And, and I feel like that is what That's has right. just been so helpful to me. And I don't want to make it about me in this interview, but just being able to talk no, to I such grazing no. people because of that. You know, you're willing to help out and just, you know give and not just take because right. it's easy to get a take you know it's very easy to absolutely you know call up a publicist and say hey can we get this person but you know what are you doing on the flip side of that to provide such equal value if not better i always believe in leaving people better than when they found you and i feel like um, Absolutely, we've been able to connect that way. Well, Greg, thank you so much. I'm excited to see what's up. Thank you. Next for you, seeing you on television, of course, is always a Watch. thrill for me. Um, and just real quick, how can people find out about you? And this will air probably just before or in the middle of your television arc and your other things that you're doing. How can people tune in and watch this? Um, you know, you can always write me to Real Greg Daniel. At, uh, I have a Facebook fan page. Please, I, I welcome all comments and all uh, any observations. With uh, I have a Facebook fan page, and then of course my Twitter is Real Greg Daniel. You can reach me on the Twitter. So, and, and then I usually publish there what what I'm what I have upcoming, what I'm doing. So uh, I, I appreciate the support. Uh, if anyone who has been following or want to follow my career. Then go to my Facebook fan page, go to my Twitter page, and you'll see everything that I have that's, uh, that's up and coming. Fantastic. Well, Greg, take care, my friend, and stay safe. And thanks for Thank joining you, Greg, you today. Too. Stay safe and well. Thanks for choosing to join in to this week's episode. Be sure to follow the show on social media, Brett's Open Mic, on all platforms, and to subscribe to the show on your player of choice, which is absolutely free. Finally, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Every little bit helps. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.